Hello everyone and welcome to Rad Chat, the multi-award winning first therapeutic radiographer-led oncology podcast. So welcome to a bonus episode in paid collaboration with Oncology Systems Limited. My name is Naman Chalker Anderson and I'm joined by fellow host Joe McNamara. Hi everyone. So we're very pleased to introduce our guest Rob Julian who will be discussing the MyQA Proactive product. Hi Rob, how are you? Hi, I'm very well thank you, how are you? All good, you're very on brand, like it, just like <laughs> us. Got to dress the part. <laughs> So Rob, just before we get going, it'd be great to hear about your current role and how you got there. Yeah, so um, I'm Rob Julian. I'm a, a clinical specialist at um, OSL, Oncology Systems Limited. Um, I was a clinical physicist until uh, October 2022 down in Guildford. Um, I was a senior physicist there for a number of years. Um, uh, so I was there since 2015 and I actually completed the the HSST training while I was there as well. Before that, I spent five years working and training in Mount Vernon. Um, and actually, before I did all of that, I did teacher training. So um, in a way, throughout my clinical career, you know, I've always really enjoyed the the aspects of teaching and training and um, working at OSL gives a, a nice opportunity to bring those various parts of my uh, skill set together. Rob, can I ask what drew you to the dark side of physics? <laughs> Over in the private sector, you mean? Um, so as I say, there's kind of a couple of elements. I have always liked the idea of... So parts of my job that I've always really enjoyed have been the teaching and training aspects. They've been the, the problem-solving aspects. Um and also the opportunity to, to get out and, and meet physicists from well and other professionals from across the country. And that's something I've been able to do um, in the training schemes I've completed. The, the HSST community was an amazing network of physicists from all over the country. And, you know, I've taken opportunities to, to be on British Institute of Radiology special interest groups and, and things like that. And I've always really enjoyed that kind of collaboration with other professionals. And so I kind of I came to the end of a, a set training period. Um, and life was moving me up north anyway, and it was just the perfect time to, to try something a little bit different and put my skills to use elsewhere. Anyone who doesn't know what OSL is, can you just give us a brief indication of kind of what the company does? Yeah, absolutely. So um, OSL, Oncology Systems Limited, is a, a distributor of radiotherapy, primarily radiotherapy equipment um, from around the world. So we distribute um, QA tools um, in our physics portfolio. We have various bits of software. Um, one of our large partners is IBA. We'll be talking about IBA's uh, equipment tonight. Um, we also work with lots of the clinical side with macromedics. I confess I mostly leave this to my colleagues who were radiographers in a past life. Um, so yeah, we have a wide portfolio and we, we distribute uh, the products and we also offer um, training and support going forward. So you mentioned a product um, that you're more heavily involved in. So you can you tell us a little bit about MyQA Proactive? Yeah, so uh, MyQA Proactive is a, a new bit of software from IBA Dosimetry. Um, IBA are a company who are mostly found producing innovative QA equipment, and Proactive is a bit of a departure from that. Um, it's, a, it's a comprehensive risk management software geared towards radiotherapy, although with a much broader um, potential application. So it allows for both proactive risk management um, 
and also for retrospective risk investigation. And by putting this all in one place, you enable a kind of feedback loop of your risk assessment and your incidents that happen clinically. And that's the, that's the power of proactive. What's the idea behind it? Yeah, so IBA identified that um, not only is risk assessment crucial, risk management is crucial, I think we all acknowledge that, but it also has potential to be a really useful tool in the department. So if you have a truly effective risk management system, it can improve your safety, it can improve your compliance, your efficiency, um, and your treatment outcomes ultimately. But it is very easy just to treat it as a sort of tick box exercise. So just something you need to get done before you can introduce something that you want to introduce. So in, a, in an under-resourced department, which is already stretched to get through the clinical workload, it can feel like risk management is a resource burden. And what IBA wanted to do was come up with something that enables risk management to actually help you with your resourcing potentially rather than hinder it so that risk management becomes a, a fundamental part of um, you know, the, the, the life of the department. And by doing this, you can, you can uh, improve all of the things I mentioned earlier, like your compliance, your safety, your effectiveness and your efficiency, and ultimately your treatment outcomes. For anyone who maybe doesn't have the insight around risk management, what kind of things, clinical things, are you, could maybe the system help with? Oh, so it could be all sorts. And that's actually, we'll, I'll talk a, a little bit later probably on, around the FMEA process that it uses. But part of the um, the ethos behind Proactive is that you conduct your risk management in a very systematic way, um, which means that, you know, you will think of any process you've got. You'll think of your external beam radiotherapy process, maybe your image-guided radiotherapy process, and you'll think, okay, what's the, what's the first thing that could go wrong? What, what's the first step that I do in this process, rather? And is there anything that could be a weakness at this point? And by working through that, that whole process, you build up this comprehensive picture of where the weaknesses in your safety might be. So in terms of what it could impact, I mean, it could kind of impact anything, but what's crucial is that it can help you target your resources where they are most valuable and where they're most needed by building up this comprehensive picture of your, your workflow. So at the moment, if departments don't have this software, how are they undertaking their risk management? Would that be a, a role specifically for a manager to kind of review the process looking at, I don't know, a specific risk management system that the trust actually uses? Yeah, so I mean, it, it varies a lot place to place. You know, there's some amazing risk management already in place. Um, some of it is in-house development. Um, some of it is using other, other um, services that exist, but not many of them offer a kind of um, a, a comprehensive and... Uh, truly kind of proactive and reactive solution. So what, you know, my experience of risk assessment clinically has been a new technique is introduced. I have been asked to, to come up with a risk assessment um, as a physicist in a department. And so I've kind of scratched my head for a couple of hours and just thought what five hazards exist in this process. And I've done that as thoroughly as I can, but then that, that risk assessment is completed and then maybe it, it gets lost somewhere in the quality system on this, on this um, maze of, of folders um, on your department's IT. And actually being able to easily locate that and, and 
reassess on a systematic and routine basis is is something that is missing i think from a lot of departments you obviously have big ambitions how does it do this um yeah so MyQA proactive as you say it's an ambitious bit of software but it's built around fmea as i mentioned earlier fmea is failure mode and effects analysis and it sounds fancy but as i said it's basically just what we do every time we do a risk assessment um thinking about where things could go wrong or the hazards in a process, um, but doing this very systematically. So, so you look at the whole process, you break it down into every one of its different constituent parts. And then for each step, you ask if there is a potential for something to go wrong. So, you know, if you think about uh, a patient pathway it might be pretreatment imaging and then treatment planning and then pretreatment review and verification and treatment. If you break each one of these down further, so, for instance, in pretreatment imaging, what's the first thing that could go wrong? Well, maybe it's an error in patient identification. So this is a failure mode in FMEA. Then the effect is failure mode and effects analysis. The effect is that the wrong patient gets imaged. So now you can specify the likelihood of the and the severity of, of this failure mode occurring and use this to work out if your risk at this point in the process is acceptable. So let's say you do find that your risk is too high. So maybe the, the failure mode is happening to too many people, or maybe it isn't likely to happen often, but if it did happen, it would be a real disaster. So at this point you could think, okay, how do I stop this happening in the first place? What can I put in place that actually means that the wrong patient will never stand up? So that would be a prevention say you introduce new training or you introduce a checklist and in doing so you stop it ever getting to this point and in the software in MyQA Proactive you can enter this new prevention along with how effective you think it would be so for instance I expect only 10% of my potential incidents would get through now that I've got this prevention in place and you can also say how much it would cost and that becomes relevant um, in a minute and that lets you see that the, the impact that that prevention would have on your risk score. But maybe even having added this prevention, you, you still think that too many errors will slip through that net. And so you decide to introduce a barrier. So a barrier is, that's what will stop that prevention impacting, sorry, stop that failure mode impacting a patient, even if the failure mode occurs. So for instance, maybe the wrong patient does stand up and, and steps onto the machine, but then you introduce some kind of biometric patient ID, which should catch anyone who stood up at the wrong time. So that's an example of a, a single failure mode for which we've estimated the risk. We've, we've said that it's too high, so we've added preventions and barriers to bring that risk to an acceptable level. And then by doing that for the whole treatment pathway, you build up this comprehensive picture of where anything could go wrong and how you're going to stop that from happening, which lets you, it, it improves your safety, but it also lets you appropriately focus your resources on where they're needed. It's funny you mentioned about the different patients standing up. I just had a flashback of two prostate patients sitting next to each other. One was ready, one wasn't for their bladder. When we called the patient we wanted to take through, the other patient stood up and came in. And you know, in, in your head, you're like, I know that's not the right person, but I'm going to follow you in anyway. And then they said, well, actually, my bladder was ready. So we just swapped. And I was like, oh, but you can't no. stand up when someone else says your name. Because <laughs> <laughs> then we were doubting. I was looking at the picture, asking him name, date of birth. I was like, that's really giving me a flashback there, Rob. <laughs> 
I think one of the first stories I heard in a in a bit of radiotherapy training was about someone who got to the point of dropping their trousers in a brachytherapy room before uh, admitting that they were here to collect their prescription for their brother. So you've been through the process, Rob. Um, so you've identified like the potential things that we could prevent and the barriers. What are the chances if my department turns around and says they're not going to fund it, not going to implement all of the different changes that are part of the system? Yeah, so um, that that's a, a realistic situation. You come up with this whole picture of all of these different things that you could introduce as preventions or barriers. And in a perfect world, you'd had them all. But realistically you need a way of prioritizing the most impactful changes you can make and this can be done in a couple of ways so firstly when you introduce a preventional barrier you can indicate whether it is a potential or if it's actually been implemented and this this makes a small visual difference in the software if it's actually been implemented it will change your your indication of your risk score to being um, acceptable um, a warning level or, or unacceptable. So it will just change that from green to yellow to red, basically. If you say it's a potential implementation, then it will still show the original risk assessments, but it will show a, a small kind of uh, translucent tick indicating the, the potential states if you were to implement it. Um, so you end up with a list of all of your potential interventions along with your estimates of how much they would cost and how effective they would be. So if you can't afford to implement every one of those, you can then jump over into a different tool that Microwave Proactive has, which is the cost benefit analysis. So this sits in a different tab within your um, risk assessment. And in this section, you can see all of your different proposals in a nice neat table, along with the, the failure mode that they're associated to. So you've got this whole list and you can easily then sort, for instance, by which intervention will posit positively impact the most patients or which has the biggest event-related cost saving. Um, and it might be that some preventions would actually address multiple failure modes. It might be that introducing your checklist will avoid two different errors happening down the line. And if so, these are all automatically grouped so you can actually see potential savings combined um, from various different failure modes which not only helps you as a department to decide where best to target your resources, but it can also be really useful for building a business case if actually you can go with this nice table to your finance department and say, we have analysed um, the most effective way of bringing about this change um, and we have this nice tabulated data. So what you end up with is a comprehensive picture of you at your whole pathway with all of your risks clearly identified and a summary of every different proposed intervention and you can do this separately for every one of your pathways so you have this centralized location with all of your risk assessments all of which is browser-based so it's easy for you know for you to work in a multidisciplinary team to build this up you know you can say I've done the physics side of things I want to pass it on to, to my my um, colleague in imaging um, they can then open up that same risk assessment it's all it's all version controlled so there's tracking as you build these risk assessments up Honestly, you had it sold to me on the cost saving calculator because as someone who has done <laughs> a lot of projects with HEE and NHS England, 
one of the big things they always want is the cost saving calculator bit. And trying to get that information and data is like getting blood from a stone. It's so challenging. And, you know, no one ever really knows that. So having that within a piece of software, I would imagine lots of managers are going, I need to know the details of this product because I absolutely need this because <laughs> it is so challenging. And actually, as someone who is a leader in radiotherapy, in physics, in dosimetry, it's essentially a brand new skill. And so to have a piece of software like this that makes it much more easy to review, I would imagine kind of sells itself, doesn't it? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, it's um, and it's actually it's not only in working out what to buy that it's useful for. There are centres who've used this to justify not introducing a particular measure. So it's not all about working out where to put the money. It can be about saying, you know what, I've done this FMEA analysis and this process is safe enough without that aspect. So you can use it as a justification to not spend a lot of money as well as a justification to find out where that money should be spent. So Rob, I can see that that would be really useful, but obviously most departments already have something in place, you know, like an um, incident reporting tool that they use, like Datex. Would this software work alongside that or is it there to replace it? Yeah, so I'm really glad you've asked about that because what we've talked about so far has mostly been the the proactive side of the software which is already available later this year um in the first half i think they are releasing a a retrospective module which is how it will achieve some of the things i've talked about about completing that cycle with your um, actual reported incidents so the idea is it's 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 all very nice to have this comprehensive risk assessment but the truth is it's actually only as good as the estimates that have gone into it, and you're unlikely to have perfectly estimated the risk of each failure mode occurring. So that's where a lot of current risk departmental risk assessments will probably stay. They've been a, a very good risk assessment in the first instance, but then they don't get um, re-evaluated. Um, and so what the retrospective module of MyQA Proactive lets you do is to feed that data back into the system and to update your risk assessment accordingly. So the whole risk management process becomes this alive responsive thing um, where as incidents happen, they feed back into your risk assessment and challenge your initial assumptions. And so you can see if you thought only 10% um, of uh, cases would get through your barrier, but actually 20% have, you can see that in an, in an easy to interpret kind of graphical form within the software. And once you, once you run through that process, you can actually highlight, okay, these failure modes that I identified initially, I thought they were fine, but based on my incidents, we need to rethink the barriers or the preventions that are in place. And as you say, there are a lot of software that is already used for, um, incident reporting, the good news is that MyQA Proactive can work with those. So it does have its own internal incident reporting and investigation tool. It's very nice. You can build up these nice kind of customized responsive incident forms. But if you are already using Datix, for instance, you can export your data from Datix and it, it will give you a nice list of each of the different incidents that's occurred, the date that it's occurred, and a couple of other bits of info. And you can import that into Proactive and with a nice wizard, you can just simply assign each of those incidents to a failure mode within your risk assessment. 
So once you've done that, once you've finished that import, the system will have linked all of those incidents to the point within Proactive that, that it applies. And so it can perform that, that feedback loop, that analysis, and you can see which failure modes your incidents have um, related to. Um, so yes, it can absolutely be used with existing bits of um, risk management software. And this just kind of closes the circle so that all of your risk management is in one place um, and you're keeping on top of things. With um, the software itself, can you have templates? I'm just thinking if you're implementing it in different departments, so you're not having to always do like all the groundwork from going from the bottom up. Yeah, absolutely. So that's one of the one of the strengths and one of the things that that allows you to hit the ground running is that IBA have um, a a a selection of templates available, um, several from within radiotherapy, such as IGRT and adaptive radiotherapy. I think there's one for SGRT. They're all on, available on the websites. Um, they also have some from outside of radiotherapy. So there's one for nuclear medicine. There's one for cybersecurity. As I say, this software is it's built by a radiotherapy company, but all of the tools that it uses are applicable anywhere. Um, the FMEA analysis has been used in, in industry. It originated in industry. Um, and so there is actually potential to suggest introducing this to a broader physics department or oncology department um but yes the templates enable you to to quickly populate um a a, a starting point for one of these fmea analyses so we've talked about going through every step of your process and that can be quite daunting the the template will bring in and iba have worked with clinical um, partners to to produce this so it's real clinically relevant information it will bring in um, suggested failure modes and potential risk scores um, and potential uh, preventions and barriers that you might want to implement. So Rob, if anyone is interested in finding out more information, how can they do so? Uh, they can contact OSL. Um, I will be more than happy to uh, give them a visual demo uh, on a call sometime or come and visit. Perfect. And you knew this was coming at the end of the podcast. Do you have any top tips for our listeners? Is it something we do to every person who comes on the episodes? Yeah, okay. Um, I think, you know, I've talked a lot about the fact that in my training and my career, I've had a lot of opportunities to to um, network and to branch out. Um, and that's really been one of my highlights. So I think my biggest tip would be to just take any opportunity you get to get involved in the wider radiotherapy community. Um and you get so much out of it. it. It keeps your work fresh, you know, being part of a, a special interest group or a board or a panel. or um, It keeps your work fresh, but also it, it's of great benefit to, to your department when you go back because you gain so much insight from, from you know, someone working in Leeds who's introduced a new technique for, for in vivo dosimetry or someone in Liverpool who's got this great FMEA process that they've had for years. You just... It enriches your work and also it, it can bring great value back to your department, I think. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been very interesting. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Everyone for listening to Rad Chat. Um, so, your hosts today have been Naman Jilka Anderson and Joe McNamara. Meet OSL on their stand at Birato if you want to find out more. And as Rob said, get in touch with OSL and he'll go through everything for you. So, thank you for listening and take care. Mm-hmm.